So I'm there. I go around the corner. There's a couple cows below me, and I'm glassing across. And then I hear this, like, noise coming up behind me. And I'm like, what the hell is that? It's like I can't figure it out. <laughs> and I turn around. It's, like, just loud. And these three guys are coming. And they've got bells tied all over their packs. Just like cowbells. Ready for bears. <laughs> like, <laughs> I look at them. I was like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> like, we're elk hunting. Welcome to Hunt Harvest Health, the podcast with your host, Ryan Lampers, a.k.a. The Stealthy Hunter. Howdy. And myself, Dr. Hillary Lampers, where we share our love for ancestral living and the health topics of the modern age. You can follow us at HuntHarvestHealth.com, Instagram, and Facebook for more podcasts, recipes, and stories. Maka. Well, what brand was that? Thunderbird. Oh, Thunderbird. Yeah, that's oh, good. Mine is the a Sans. Real food bar. Nut and seed. Hazelnut coffee maca. Ooh. Yeah, mine's peanut butter and jelly. No sugar. Sans. <clears throat> yeah, good stuff. Backcountry box. I love getting this thing. I know. <laughs> it's so cool. I usually never get anything out of it, though. I'm always surprised, like, how many new companies, when are they going to run out of hitting, finding new companies to uh, add to the box? Mm. But they never seem to, to do their homework. And they're always good. Um, I mean, the bars, to... are, the bars are like, uh, they're, they seem to be pretty dang clean. They're shooting for, like, just no sugar, you know. Mm -hmm. Real healthy ingredients. So well, like this it. one is sans, and it means sans means it's a preposition. It means without. So so meal bar sans junk without junk. Mm, makes sense. But they do have kind of a. A lot of these I notice have dates for sugar. You know, yep. so they're still got sugar in them. You got to be careful. You can't eat too many of them. Real food sugar. They're sweet. Yeah. But. Well, you kind of have to have something in there, I mean, to make it taste good. Dates are awesome for <laughs> making bars. I I use dates. Otherwise, you're going to chew on cardboard. You but, need it uh, to taste good. What, if it doesn't what taste does that good, matter? not going to eat it. I know. I don't care how You and I go is. back and forth on this. Yeah, it better. If it tastes like a box, like, <laughs> like you're just chewing on the backcountry box itself that it came in, probably not going to take it with me or ever eat it but, but what about in the mountains isn't it everything tastes so much better like a even a box would taste better <laughs> no i love dates I, I add dates to a lot of my uh, that mountain mush and it sweetens it up mm -hmm. yeah but and yeah. dates have nutrients in them unlike cane sugar this isn't really an ad for the backcountry box, but we just <laughs> ate some of the snacks because <laughs> we get this box every month and uh, we get these snacks, and we we always like chewing on the new bars. And this one had, and there's a couple of like beef sticks in there. There's always a new meal. Um, can't remember the meal they had in this one. It was another new company, freeze dried meal, and uh, yeah, a bunch of bars, some nut butters, and all that good stuff. It's a great way every month to just get new companies in front of people and mm -hmm. figure out what you like. One plus, if you like it, they have the little slip in here where you yeah. can get 15, 20, sometimes more percent off of uh, from that company. So, well, it's a slick deal. They, uh, All right, I guess we just did a right. commercial for Backcountry I Box. Go <laughs> get your Backcountry Box. Backcountry Fuel Box. We have support, fuel. Support old Cody Rich there. He's a great guy. Yes. 
Okay, on to today's podcast. Who are we talking to in this podcast? <laughs> you don't know? We are talking to the man himself. The apex predator himself. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> this so is the Re first time I met him, so I don't Remy really Warren, know. Remy Warren on the podcast today. So, yeah, the guy is uh, hes a stud, no doubt about it. He's uh, pretty much good at everything he does. He... Uh, I mean, from the recipes he creates on his stories, if you follow him on, on social, um, man, he's always unique and creative with just the different variety of meats that he gets and all his hunts that he does. He travels all over the place. Um, I, I envy him for finding New Zealand way before I did and uh, discovering that place. And, you know, he's had opportunities to not just hunt it, but guide it as well. And he's learned, learned it really, really well. And I hope to know it as well as him someday, but, um, no, great guy, great writer, does a podcast now. Mm -hmm. And, um, no, it was, it was really cool to have him on the podcast. Now we also have him coming to the Western hunting summit mm -hmm. this year, which is really good. He agreed to come out and, uh, do a little presentation on mule deer for our June 25th through 28 dates. And as well as he's going to, he's going to stick it out and do any kind of Q and a, anybody's got questions for Remy, hit him with those questions and he's going to answer them. And I may have have him wrestled into doing yeah, my you, Saturday night celebrity chef cooking. He'll uncomfortably asked him on the podcast to, <laughs> uh, cook for us, which was interesting. I told him he didn't even have to actually cook. <laughs> I told him he could give me a menu yeah. and we could cook it. But he's she so good. Want, I she, love watching his stories. He like has all these cool things. And I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a second. I'm going to have Remy there to talk and he's going to be there. And it's the same day. Like, hmm, maybe I could get him to share some recipes with us and we could have a Saturday night like cooking thing we're with have his recipes. Remy over there just slaving away <laughs> on a cutting board, chopping right. up foods and and uh I'm feeding him. feeding 30 people I'm putting him to work <laughs> none of this like come speak for an hour mm. and then lounge around you're gonna be cooking food for people put you to work yeah no um he said he would do it yeah so no, you know I'm, I'm sure he i'm sure he will he's uh i mean just just having him there and like giving us a couple recipes that we can uh, we can cook up and try i think we'll do that yep. there's gonna be a pretty good array of um, foods there, I think, for our little Saturday night event when he'll be there. So definitely uh, going to have, have fun with Remy on the Western Hunting Summit Mule Deer event. Yes, and if you don't have your tickets to this yet, if you want to see Remy, I don't know there's how many are left couple, to Mule Deer. There's only a couple spots. A couple, spots couple VIP spots, and then there's a few more of the Weekend, weekend Warrior. Warriors. So if you can't do the VIP but you want to see Remy, you can come for the weekend and he's going to be speaking on Saturday, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Yep. So you can come to that and um, see him, shake his hand, meet him. Remember, it's a small venue. We're having only so many people there. So you won't be drowned out in the crowd. You'll actually be, we'll all be one big happy family doing um, mountain tough workouts together, ready to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're part of the Adventure VIP, we will have already done Oh yeah. a... Uh, you know, a small group hike up on the mountain and looking for mule deer, trying to scout out some, some what muleys. Is a small what is a, a small group hike? Is that what you said or a small hike? Small group hike. 
Oh, small group. I thought you said a small hike. I was oh. like, what's a small hike in your We don't vocabulary? do small hikes. <laughs> We're going to do a big hike. It's going to be yeah. some elevation. It's going to be a grind. Uh, what I tell everybody, a minimum of five miles. So uh, if you're coming to the event and you want to be into the adventure part of it, you you have to be ready to cover at least five miles with some elevation. Uh, it's not it's not that difficult. Lash, you know, we've we've done it before, and we'll get everybody to the top. But mm -hmm. uh, but right now would be the time to order your sheet feet from Sheet Feet Outdoors, <laughs> oh where you gosh. can get ten percent off <laughs> if you put Stealthy Ten. And I just plug that, but it's true. If you're gonna if you're not used to walking and hiking, you better get those things now and put them in your boots and start practicing. Because nobody likes blisters. No, which you get all the time. I hate blisters. Yeah, the custom sheet feet, um, custom orthotics are pretty cool. So, yeah, give them a shot if you are someone that needs that and you're not finding comfort in the boots that you're wearing. might be uh, yeah. time to get some custom orthotics. <clears throat> so I want to say something about you and Remy. Uh, you, we, we recorded this podcast, and then the next day, you guys recorded a podcast for Vortex with Mark Boardman who's awesome and totally funny. I love Mark. He's, he's he's a great guy. He's so awkwardly funny. Like he just comes awkwardly up with, funny. well, like awkward's a bad word. Like he just comes up with these, like the things he says sometimes is questions. They're perfect. Like they're just great. He's, you have to listen to the Vortex podcast when it comes out, but yeah. it's like watching his music videos, you know, it's just like, Hilarious. He just throws that out there and you're like, it's so, you wouldn't think that of Mark. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, he's great. So it was really interesting to sit in that room. It was just a, like a, at the convention center in Salt Lake, it was just a room where they had gotten and you and Remy are sitting there at a table with Mark and you're talking mule deer hunting. It's really interesting to watch you and Remy play off of each other because you guys think alike. You guys have like the same brain when it comes to hunting. And I could see it, you know, Mark would ask a question and then I see how you would answer it and how Remy would answer it. And the interesting thing is like, you both would have different answers, but the very, very similar in exactly what you would do. You know, yeah. I know nothing about high country mule deer hunting and tactics and all that, but just watching you guys talk about it and the level that you guys are at, like to me, you guys are at a level that's, you know, up here. And listening to you guys talk about that was really cool to watch. And um, even in this podcast, you guys kind of do this thing where you talk and you're just on the same level as far as, you know, like even the way he was raised as a kid and his love for the outdoors and, you know, your story about with you being raised as a kid and your love for the outdoors. And, and, uh, you guys just are very, very similar and you have very similar personalities. You're both kind of relaxed and laid back a little bit. Um, you think, think about things. I think that comes from my time on the mountain, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah Remy, Remy's cool. had a, an incredible journey um, from where he started and he's always been doing this thing. He's got probably more days logged on the mountain, hunting sheep, elk, everything from his, his guiding to just his personal adventures than most anyone um mm -hmm. you know he's at that top 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 percentage of, of hunters out there that's that's spent the time and found success and now he's he's got it figured out 100 percent. and so anytime you know you can you can be around a guy like that it's it's well worth listening to what they have to say and uh 
Yeah, just a great, just a great guy. Wealth of knowledge. He really like speaks well. Um, everything that he is trying to explain, he he has a way of putting it out that's easy mm-hmm. to kind of decipher what he's saying. So, um, yeah, very well spoken, very well written, and his mm-hmm. podcast that he has out now is probably one of the most informative podcasts that you'll come across if you're looking for information that are gonna that's gonna help you on the mountain. It's 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 short. It's sweet and it like gets to the point and it gives you some pretty high level tips on, um, you know, how to go about different, the, all the different hunts that uh, he's done. So, yeah, it's a great podcast. All right. Before we get to the podcast, we have a few, uh, I don't know what's it called. We have a few of our promo codes. <laughs> like, what's the word? Um, this is new for us, people. Like, advertising and doing this, this is new for us. So we're trying to be, like, good about it and support the companies that are helping support us. Yep. So Yeah, we there's, have... there's a few companies that, that are worth supporting. And, you know, it, it will help us a little bit. So we're going to do it. Yeah. Off-grid food company, for example. Um, you know, at... Spencer has been a good buddy of mine for quite a few years now. Uh, I met him at the Northwest Mountain Challenge a few years back, mm-hmm. shot with him, hiked with him, and he's come a long way with his foods. And man, he's got some really, really good snacks, really, really good breakfast meals. He's got some really good dinners, but he's struggling to keep up with demand on the dinners because he's kind of dialing in, in dialing in his uh, freeze dry machine and method so um he's a little bit behind there but yeah we have a promo code for him a discount code which is just straight to healthy and if you use that you get 15 percent off of any of those breakfast items or snacks or if you want to be a year member a year membership there's like gold level silver level two different tiers Hmm. um 15% 15% off of those, which are really good deals. And I'll just let you go look at the website and check that out. Yeah, we, we ate, offers. I think the day we did the podcast with Remy, you had a bag of his trail mix and I had a bag of his trail mix. That was Stuff like our awesome. food that we ate during the it's day so, at the It's expo. so good. No, he does a great job at his food. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Snacks. again, support that guy and get 15% off if you want to order uh, any of those things. So Yep. And if you don't know how to spell stay healthy... S-T-H-E-A-L-T-H-Y. <laughs> and I don't even know if it's all caps, but probably is. So, um, all right. And then we have, you can go to our website. You can support us and what we do. We have free programs on there. We have downloads on there. We also have our dehydration, canning and dehydration guide that we did a few years back, which people are still buying. It's 10 bucks. It was a lot of work and a lot of fun. And it has pictures from our gardens in Washington. It has the medicinal benefits of all most of the foods that we're using in our recipes. And then it has the recipes that Ryan put together and it helps you understand how to dehydrate, how to can, walks you through it and gives you the recipes. And then if you're going to dehydrate, you got to get an Excalibur. So you can also go to our website under shop. You'll see both the dehydration and canning guide there. And you will see the um, Excalibur link to go get your Excalibur dehydrator. Um, So check that out. And, oh yeah, if you like to hike and you like sticks, you probably should get some sissy sticks. Probably. I don't have a promo code, but just go buy them. 
because um, it supports our podcast if you do that. Yeah, another great company, yep. local company. Uh, got to know the owner a little bit, Bryce, after I used them. Those sissy sticks. Yeah, I don't even have a picture of New you without Zealand. them in your hands from uh, last season. I wanted to really put them through the test. Um, <laughs> and I want to do that with any product out there. It's, and uh, those things pass the test for sure. I used them on every hunt, um, you know, this, this season. And last season, you know, with uh, New Zealand and all that. And they're a great set of sticks, man. They're, they're two parts carbon, one part aluminum on the bottom. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. You get the, the weight savings up top and you get the strength in the aluminum in the bottom. It will bend and not snap on you like a carbon bottom will on those mm. sissy sticks. So now they really thought that through and they got a great product. So definitely uh, support those guys if you're in the market for some sissy sticks or trekking poles. And lastly, westernhuntingsummit.com to get your ticket to come see Remy in June. What are the dates? The dates for the Western Hunting Summits, we've got a bear summit on may 28th through the 31st mm -hmm. we've got the second elk summit which we just added of june 4th through the 7th we've got the 18th of june through the 21st which is sold out we've got the 25th through the 28th of june um with remy and others for the mule deer summit which has i think two spots left yep so go do that all right, enjoy this podcast with the Remy Warren. Well, since this is a hunting podcast, I guess I could start it. <laughs> and Unless, it's, it's Valentine's Day. But, right. Yeah, I could exactly. do that for you, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so that means this isn't going to be a health podcast. We can't go into his deepest, darkest secrets about health and all that, right? Or sure. Do we My to? mac and cheese. That I <laughs> we <today>. should. <laughs> all right, so Remy. Um, Man, glad you could make it down here. We have yet to do a podcast together. I know. We've talked about it for a while. Yeah. I feel like I, uh, I've probably overextended my asking you of questions. Like, I'm always texting you like, hey, I'm, I'm, I want to do this. And um, what do you think? Because, man, you, you've seen a lot of places. And you've just got such good information. And you're, you're very willing to kind of build it out. So I appreciate yeah. that. Oh, yeah. No problem. I, I know I, I sometimes look like people ask me stuff and I'm, I just always feel like, ah, oh, might as well share what I know. And then sometimes afterwards I was like, did I just blow my spot up? <laughs> yeah. I was wondering. Some yeah. of those are pretty good insightful yeah. pieces. I'm like, oh man, it must be big over there because he's given me some pretty good spots to go check out. But. Yep. No, I, I mean, my thing is like, uh, you know, if some, if I'm not there, somebody might as well be hunting it, you know, yeah, 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 I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And there's so many, I mean, I don't know. I try the thing I like to do too is I just like to explore. So yeah. I might go into a place and be like, "Oh, that was a good area," but I'm, I'm going to go check out 35 other areas because everywhere you go is a good area. Yeah. Maybe there's, and some places aren't as good as the last one, but maybe there's something different that you didn't get to see. So you sometimes just get stuck in the rut of just hunting the same stuff over and over, and it just becomes real small. You know, the first time you do it, you're like, "Whoa, what? Like, it's just crazy. This is this is such an it adventure." And you go up, and then you go up there, and you're like. 10, 10 years of doing the same thing you're like oh well, um, what am i doing here i might yeah. as well try something else it could be bigger and better yeah yeah no for sure no as i uh you know i've kind of hit that that time where uh, i used to hunt a lot of the same places you know growing up i think maybe that's 
kind of just the natural evolution of how how we grew up like growing up with my dad we always went to the same spot hunted it hunted it hunted it and as i get you know i've gotten older and, and done a lot more of these you always want to see new places like i don't care if i've just hunted it one time that's good enough now i want to go see something else um so i know following you you're you're able to not just hunt like new states you're out of country all the time checking out like new animals like how do you how do you find like you you rattled off a couple animals to me uh last time we chatted that i hadn't even heard of like what what sets you to these animals like what gets you knowing of these animals first off like you mentioned a couple of deer you're going for um you know this upcoming year and i've never even heard of them i think for me part of the reason that i love hunting is i've always loved animals like i was just the kid that would my enjoyment of reading was like reading books about animals, learning about animals. I, I mean, I love animals. And some people find that really weird when you're like, you're a hunter and you love animals. I'm like, yes, I love animals. And I love to be a part of that, being an animal with animals kind right. of thing. Right. So a part of it for me too is, you know, if there's an opportunity to go hunt somewhere else or, or be in a new place, I love that adventure. I love seeing new things. I love the intricacies of different species. And, and there's certain things that are the same and certain things that are so unique to that particular species. And I think that, like, as a hunter, I'm always trying to progress my skills and my skill sets and other things. So by just throwing myself into a situation of, oh, I've never hunted that or I've never been to that place, it just really, like, reinforces me being able to push my limits and push kind of what I've learned, what I can learn and what I can do. And it forces you, you know, it kind of forces you to learn all those subtle things about a specific animal like all their behaviors um whereas that's where i think hunters have like this unique thing where like you mentioned we love animals we want to learn about them and by hunting them you pay attention to them more like you you watch them on the mountain you you, you live with them for certain periods of time so it forces you to become very very aware of what they're all about oh yeah it's like uh, well, I, so I took my uh, wife duck hunting for the first time this year, and I, I've always, like, I love duck hunting. I, I grew up duck hunting because in Nevada you couldn't get big game tags that much. So as soon as the guiding season would stop, too, after high school and whatever, guiding would be done, and I would just go out and duck hunt for the whole, till the end of the season. So I took my wife out, and she's like, wow, this is really cool. You know, what duck, like, how do you tell the kind of duck that it is from a mile away? And I'm like, well, this is the shape. And, this. and then she started noticing, like, she'd be driving around town. She'd be like, ducks, 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 geese. You know, just like, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, I used to do that when I was a kid, you know. You just, <laughs> but how many people hone in on those animals and identify those animals? Like, there's a ton of people that say, oh, I could never hunt. I love animals. But they don't understand animals they don't know the difference between an elk and a red deer they don't know right. the difference between a like a asiatic water buffalo and a, a cape buffalo absolutely and it's like to me that's just like you don't love animals that's disrespectful like what are you talking about <laughs> because as a hunter you have to know yeah. every little thing about it like, you do to, to be a really successful mule deer hunter you have to know everything about mule deer and you have to know everything about hunting yeah and so it's like when those two things combine then you're consistently successful right and yeah i think a lot of non-hunters like it's it's very easy to just not really pay attention to them i'll throw my wife into that crowd right now like before she met me <laughs> um you know or maybe after she met me like we'd go home back to montana to visit visit her folks and i'd be like you know stopping the car constantly like you see a group of deer you're always stopping the car like we got to stop yeah. we got to look at them see if there's any bucks out there um and when you grow I, up I, in I, montana she's just used deer to see are like yeah. in your yard and he'd be like just 
I'd be like, what are you doing? There's deer. And I'd be like, yeah, so what? And he just well, remember, so enthralled a, with looking at deer. I was a Washington guy, so we didn't have that many like, deer wow. to look at. But she couldn't tell you the difference between a whitetail, a blacktail, or a mule deer. She could now because she married me and, and I fill her in on this. And I almost force her to pay attention to it. But she would have never been able to distinguish the difference unless she married a hunter. Yeah. No, I mean, I grew up in Montana. I grew up in Yellowstone. I grew up, you know, hiking and fishing with my grandpa. And we didn't talk about stuff like that. It was just like my parents in didn't hunt, words, that's, And that's we just had deer. They were just deer. <laughs> just deer. You so know what I mean? Deer. It's like, it's like what's even deer. the difference? Like a buck and like a doe. It's like, oh, okay. I didn't even realize that like there was bucks i didn't even realize anything about it there's just deer in the field like that's what deer do they just eat all day i didn't know they migrate and they do all this stuff and so yeah it's different when i having lived with a hunter now the um the observation is very different like oh yeah of of animals is so different and our girls now i mean our four-year-old is like it's a white tail mom and i'm like okay it's a white tail <laughs> or you know she knows the difference between a mule deer and a white tail and and all that and i didn't get that so yeah. it makes her it makes them much more observant like they're much more observant about animals um than i think most people are oh yeah but i think there's see- a lot of stuff like i mean a lot of people don't even know the difference between the deer and here hunters like i know what deer is what deer year yeah. after year or i saw that elk last year like you just you, re, you well, pay attention to little, little details story. like he saw a deer and then he saw where he dropped his sheds and then for three years he had the deer sheds and then he went out and killed the deer and it was like four years of this and where i first learned kind of got into this is the very first thing i really ever watched where i went Huh, hunting is this is kind of interesting. It was Donnie Vincent's movie, the deer movie, where he killed that deer? Rivers Divide. Where he probably. just like yeah. followed this deer supposedly for years. And I thought, who follows a deer for years? This is just weird, right? You just think it's like a deer. They don't stay in the same place. Like, how can you follow a deer? Well, you learned, you know, that you can. And you you go out and you scout them. I didn't know people did all that kind of stuff, you know. And now living with Ryan, it's it's like we're going to go find the deer. And then we're going to go back and get the deer. And yeah. how do you know the deer is still there? <laughs> like, <laughs> I just know because I think like a deer, you know. We asked him, what did you dream about? Like, <laughs> But what, I would like to think like a deer. Well, for sure. we're like, what did you dream about last night? He's like, I dreamed about three bucks. I dreamed about which one I was going to shoot. And we're like, of course you did. Like every dream <laughs> well, he has is about some sort of animal. Oh, for sure. Animal dreams. Well, it's application season. So yeah, kind of out of the norm to dream about like three bucks on a mountain. But I did have that dream the other day. But I'm thinking about tags and applications and states and all that. So yeah, yeah. that's normal in this world. But I will say that having grown up, grown up in a sort of a non-hunting and maybe even a more anti-hunting family, uh, hunters' observations of animals are m- much more precise than people that don't hunt. Oh, yeah. Meaning they're so, they're so much more tuned in. 
people that don't hunt are kind of like it's general like i love animals and i want them all to live and i just but they don't maybe unless they're a wildlife biologist or there's somebody who actually is spending a lot of time like my mom has this family of deer that come into her yard for years and she knows the moms and the children and the grandparents like their whole lineage and they come to her yard for years so she really knows those deer and you know she's attached to them and they're like a family unit she knows them but that's because they're in her yard every day and she's done that but most non-hunters they don't have this like it's just a general group. Yeah, it's, Whereas, it's not as deep of a connection, really. No, so I, I, I've learned that hunters really, uh, at least respectful hunters, you know, they have a really deep, they have a deeper connection with the animals and their habitat and what they're doing. And so it's changed my view on it for sure. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Remy, you've, uh, you've been guiding for a lot of years. Yeah. Um, when did you start that out? I think, I mean, essentially right after high school, pretty right much. Out of high school. Yeah. I took uh, spring and summer semesters in college and then took, got six months off to mm-hmm. work and hunt and whatever. And so that was perfect because I'd start August 1st and wouldn't go back until mid January, you know. And so it gave me a lot of time <clears throat> to hunt and to just like guide and do all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I've been doing it ever since. So, so I know uh, for guys that get to spend a ton of time on the mountain, we all have some pretty cool stories. You know, you have things that you've seen that others aren't really privy to. Um, I'm sure as having guiding as a profession and taking guys out on the mountain that haven't spent a lot of time out there, what are, uh, I hate to put you on the spot, but what are some of the most unique experiences you can remember with clients that just haven't grown up? hunting like oh yeah <laughs> most of them are just like super comical yeah i had this group of guys from i don't even remember where uh well, new york actually and um this it was like a brother and then two brothers older and then like one of the brother's older sons and so they did like one of them did like a one-on-one guiding and then uh, and then we do like two on one. So it's like two hunters, one guy. Mm-hmm. And so the first day, uh, we, we decided I'd scouted out and I found this herd of elk in this Canyon. It's like, I, I I've got a lot of elk out of this one spot. And when they're in there, it's like, all right, we're going to get, we're going to get some bulls. So I was like, why don't we all just go to this spot this morning? You know, we got, got to be there, whatever, you know, the night before I said, you know, here's what you get ready, this, that, and the other thing. Okay, sweet. So the morning comes around, we have our breakfast, and they're just dawdling. And I'm like, I'm chomping at the bit because we got to be there before they cross through this mm. part of the canyon. So I'm like, okay, we got to come on, guys, we got to get going. So we get them in the truck and drive up there in the dark. And I'm like, man, it is getting close to the time when we need to be there. So I'm like, instead of parking where I normally park, I'm just going to park a little bit further up the like up the road, go and. And then I'm just going to glass and see where they go because we're kind of already too late to do our, our proper ambush. But if I know where they go, then I know which side of the canyon they bet on. Mm. And it's just as successful for us. So I tell them, hey, guys, I'm going to walk up this road. Like, literally, I'm just going to walk around the road 300 yards to where I can see out here. I'm gonna, you'll, I'll be in the middle of the road with my spotting scope set up. And I was like, because the elk are either going to be right below the road there, but I want to see, or they're going to be already across the canyon and whatever, you know. Okay. They're like, cool. And I'm like, I'm, I'm expecting them to probably still be right there. But at least if I know they're there, then I can kind of, we can get on them and, and get a shot. 
And they're like, well, should we mark? I was like, mark the truck. And I was like, no, you just like literally just follow this road 300 yards. No big deal. So I'm there. I go around the corner. There's a couple cows below me and I'm glassing across. And then I hear this like noise coming up behind me. And I'm like, what the hell is that? It's like, I can't figure it out. And I turn around. It's like just loud. And these three guys are coming and they've got bells tied all over their packs. Just like cowbells. Ready for the bears. (laughs) (laughs) I look at them. I was like, what are you guys doing? (laughs) Like, we're elk hunting. They're like, oh, yeah, we're just... So the reason they took so long is because they had to tie all these bells onto their pack. Because they're like, oh, they're bear bells. I was like, first off, this area, we don't really have any grizzly bears. Second of all, like, we're hunting. You have to be quiet. <laughs> I don't understand the point of the bells anyways, but just so you don't scare a bear or you don't surprise a bear. But, like, we're trying to hunt elk. They didn't do the math. Like, yeah. scare a bear, scare and the elk like, as well. like, well, what happens if there's a bear? And I was like, I don't know. That, the 10-pound, the 300-wind mag on your shoulder, use that. <laughs> Did it ever occur to you? <laughs> I tell you what happens if there's an elk. It runs away yeah. before you ever get close. I think we're in more danger of the elk just, like, <laughs> stampeding away from us <laughs> and possibly like you guys tripping and killing yourself over these stumps than a uh, bear actually attacking anyone but i just like something some things like that where you're like oh man i guess i didn't brief them on the fact that they shouldn't be wearing bear bells in the mountains to the daily briefing before you take yeah out. exactly <laughs> oh that's crazy yeah i know uh, i know when i was doing a lot of like fish fish guiding up in alaska and stuff you get guys that um, you just you, you realize it pretty quick. Like they have zero experience. Like just riding in a boat, you know, oh, they yeah. just don't they don't understand any part of it. And I've got some crazy stories I won't even talk about with some of the uh, clients that we had, and um, just some of the things that were so hilarious that I could come back and tell Hill at the end of the day, just completely embarrassing on their part. But oh yeah, no, it's nuts when guys haven't grown up with it and they're just exposed to this thing. Like yeah. hunting or fishing. I mean, I've got like, those are kind of always the stories people like to hear. And, and I've, I've probably got 10 to 1 good, like, stories of where people did something awesome. Mm-hmm. But you end up telling the funny stories of the guys that are just complete a-holes or whatever, <laughs> you know, because people like those, like, those mishap stories. Yeah. I mean, I don't, a lot of them I don't think I would ever tell publicly. Like, in private, yeah, I tell a lot of those stories in hunting camp and whatever. It's just fun. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Just some of the stuff that you see. I mean, I had one guy, like, shooting shooting at a deer i mean it's a long story but long story short like i'm looking at the deer and he's not hitting anywhere near it and uh and i look and i'm like he, he's just he's like shooting in the wrong direction and i'm like well do you see something he's like no i'm just shooting into where you're telling me like what didn't even see the animals <laughs> just shooting into the bushes that he thinks i'm like the deer's over there got to be kidding me i mean that's like zero zero experience wow. it was the same guy as the bear bells so we just like that was just a long week me and my brother ended up having to switch off every other day with this individual because we just couldn't handle it like it's just like i can't do two days in a row like this. those are the yeah. scary people with the guns those oh yeah are the we, people that scare me we, oh my gosh randomly shooting into the trees yeah that that moment was like gun bullets no more you're no done more. <laughs> that was hold those bullets yeah. for you for yeah, you're, you're done hunting sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh holy smokes yeah um 
Yeah. So you, you've, you've been outfitter for a long time. Are you still outfitting today? Yep. You yeah, are. I still do. Yeah. And is that mostly out of Montana? Yep. Mostly out of Montana. Yep. I also have, um, yeah, I mean, I also have a, a license in Nevada as well, but I, I don't really, I mean, we're so, we're so busy with like even just repeat clients that we don't really take new clients. Um, so I've been kind of looking at ways where I can maybe take new people and just maybe do some areas that are like draw areas or something like that. It's kind of like not competing seasons or, or whatever. So maybe some desert sheep stuff down in Nevada and right. some later later hunt, December type hunts. But for the most part, it's all our Montana stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, people listening to the podcast, please, I will not reply to e- the email. See, because it's like a small operation. I do. I think people kind of think that it's this big thing and it's just me and my wife does like, it's like a family run thing. I've got a couple guides and we have a really good business and it's because we offer really good hunts and we've got good guides and the guys that have booked with us, I've got a guy coming this year, it'll be his... 12th, 11th or 12th year oh, wow. consecutively. So it was like, these guys have hunted with us consistently now. I mean, mm. like some of those stories were from like back in the day, you know. Now I've kind of tailored it to where it's like such a good group of core clients that they come back mm. every year and and so it's like hunting with your buddies, you know. Mm. It's, it's a lot of fun for us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And we've got good clients that way. So we don't really take like, we do, but you know, it's very, very limited for sure compared to the amount of inquiries we get. Yeah, and I do it all myself, so it's not like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm not the best at like replying. I, I always have to talk about that because people are like, oh, "You never reply to my email." I emailed you about a, a guided hunt, and I was like, "I just got to take the email off the website." That's because it doesn't get answered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a waiting list, but yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a. Now you're down there from Nevada. I got a story. Uh, I've told this before. Um, a couple years ago, a few years ago, I was down and um, had a pretty good experience with a big old lightning bolt coming down and just smacking the rock right in front of me, 30 oh, yards. Yeah. And uh, it was my fault. I should have got off the mountain. I knew the storm was coming. I just didn't quite do it. So I laid under a rock for a while, and then sure enough, here come the bolts, you know, just slamming down on this mountain like crazy. So I ran down the ridge. And, um, 30 yards in front of me to just crush this rock. And I dropped my bow and just raced down the mountain. So I've heard you've had some pretty crazy lightning experiences. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I've been struck by lightning. So that's, that's uh, what I heard. Oh yeah. yeah. I want to hear about it. Yeah. I mean, I was actually a kid when I got struck. Um, and then I've had fairly close encounters after that. But, I mean, I'm pretty smart about it, too. Like, if it's lightning, I get off the mountain. And I was not even... I was actually in my backyard when I got struck by lightning. Okay. Um, I was with my dad. We were just like putting up basketball hoop pretty much. We lived on like the top of a hill and we just put up like this basketball. We were putting up a basketball hoop that day. And there was like one of those Nevada, like, cause it's just like Nevada's valleys and, and mountains, valleys and mountains. So it's just perfect, like high winds too. So it's just, it's a lightning machine really. It's electric yeah. down there. And it's I've like never seen anything little, like it. it'll be a little cloud. And we're watching, and it's just exploding, just, like, really, really violent. We're like, whoa, that's really cool. But it's blue skies above us. Like, it's a mile away. They're like, oh, okay. Hmm. And um, sure enough, a bolt reached out and hammered us both. And they call it, like, bolts over the blue. Like, most people actually get struck by lightning that's, like, about a mile away. Because when it's right above you, you're like, oh, shit, I got to get out of here. Right. But when it's that far away, you don't really think about it. Um, huh. So it's coming yeah. up from the cloud 
and a mile away. Yeah, strike. Yeah, like was it like a close strike, or I mean, is it? Oh no, it went through my leg. Right on. Yeah, okay. yeah, it went through my right leg. Um, it, le it leaves like a pencil-sized bruise. My dad actually got hit above the chest, which he was he ran a lot then, and they said like a combination of the lightning bolt splitting between the basketball hoop we were near and each of us um, that helped and then the fact that like he ran a lot his heart was able to like control the mm. whatever if i was hit above the waist i for sure would have died wow um yeah there's like no question but so yeah. it came down and it split three ways pretty much yeah with one bolt yeah well yeah exactly huh yeah and I mean, it's like when it splits, it's not like splitting the amount of energy. <laughs> the Still the exact enough, right? same amount of energy in every finger. Still it's hurts. Like, yeah, it's like I can't even remember what it is, a billion volts of electricity. Oh, you think about wow. it's like sticking a fork in a light socket. Like how many volts is that? Not many. 120, oh you know, whatever. So. Um, what are the odds? Because now, you know, since that point, uh, I don't remember what you said for age, but you've been on the mountain a billion times. Um, probably in Nevada and some of the most yep. lightning, you know, friendly environments ever I've, that I've ever seen and, uh, and no other big scares. Well, there was one time we, uh, my dad shot a California bighorn. We were actually kids and we were sitting there and it's just, it's one of those things. It's nice day, you know, early season. I think it was probably the end of August or something like that. Um, we're skinning out the sheep and then here comes your light, you know, you hear the thunder, <laughs> And it's that one cloud out there. And uh, we're joking, like, oh, everyone stand away from these guys. They're kind of like lightning rods, you know, ha, 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 boom. And then it hit, like, on the shale above us. And you can just see it, like, finger out on the shale. And it kind of made it almost like a rock slide where it, like, slid down toward us. And you think, yeah. all right, that's good. <laughs> Grab those ribs. Let's go. <laughs> well, luckily, we were pretty much done it was more just like people like grabbing bags and walking down the mountain oh, at that point that's what i noticed when it hit that rock is it just left like this kind of like a white like mark down yeah. to the ground in a few different areas yep on that big slab yeah if you i know i've seen like um i found it before in like a sandy dune area where lightning hits the sand mm. kind of it makes like this cool rock that like looks like the bolt but i don't know what happens it'd be interesting to kind of dig around where it hits the ground there mm -hmm. i thought about going up to a few fire strikes that i've seen and just like i've seen it hit pretty close like you know start a fire and mm -hmm. some of that kind of stuff i see what it does into yeah the, yeah because what isn't it's supposed to like uh in sand what was that movie we watched Sweet Home Sweet Alabama. Home Alabama. They put like the lightning rods in the sand on the beach. Oh, and really? It makes this crazy glass like down below the rod or something. Oh, like that. yeah. I don't. I haven't heard about that. But I mean, I, it was like the stuff I saw. It was like, um, it's like this is a really interesting rock, and then someone showed me what it was. But it, it just looked more like sandstone, essentially. Mm. I don't. I mean, it didn't like hit sand. It was more like, I don't know, chalky right. desert. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Playa dust kind of thing. Huh interesting right. yeah so um you just recently started a podcast i mean it's been out for a while now uh yeah out? august 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 yeah yep. yep man first off it's a great podcast oh, thanks. i mean yeah. anybody who's looking to get like high level tips tactics um some funny stories in there i've listened to every one oh, awesome. um man it's just a it's like a high level educational podcast for mule deer hunting <laughs> elk hunting it's also it's a great. great comparison for me to be like 
You've had a podcast for three years, and you can't even do like yeah. a twenty-minute segment like Remy does. Like, yeah, thanks for that too. She, oh, yeah. to, like, she compares like I'm your like, amazing podcast to what I've done with ours, and she's like, "Yeah, you suck." Remy's no, I'm like, you could do that. Come on, I just need fifteen minutes. He's like, uh, no. Well, I originally thought like, oh, just talking like by myself because my schedule, I'm always, I'm gone a lot. So I was like, there's no way I can like this to do a sit-down interview kind of thing. Yeah, just be impossible. I was like, oh, I'll just do it myself. That sounds great. Right. I was like, didn't realize how hard that was going to be until I started doing it. A solo podcast. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's tough. So do you do, I mean, I noticed uh, Ben O'Brien. Like, yeah. He'll, he'll be on there on occasion, like asking you some questions, Q&A, um, I guess. We just one did or two. that a couple times. I think now I'm, I'm just kind of reading the questions and doing gotcha. it myself. Yeah. Because um, I did, I did, when I started, I knew that I was going to be gone for about five or six months so i did like a lot of them ahead of time mm -hmm. but now i finally caught up so like i am doing one sunday for thursday you know so now i'm kind of like week to week but i'm trying to jump ahead a little bit because i had a lot <laughs> in the can right. as we like to call it right which was a good feeling when i know that i'm going to be gone and i know that i've got a big chunk of time that i'm going to be gone here coming up so i really gotta really gotta get them done get ahead of time yeah yeah they're great because they're short they're not like mm -hmm an hour and a half two hours long yeah but um it's pretty much nothing but you know good stuff nuggets of wisdom yeah thanks sharing all the secrets for yeah I know. I know some of it i'm like that. someone's like oh, i was doing this and i was like yeah shit you're doing it right in front of me i <laughs> should have got up earlier i guess you know <laughs> like giving away all my secrets it's yeah. kind, of, kind of sucks man but on the on the flip side it's like it's good to see people be more successful you know yeah. it's that's the whole goal. And, and it, with the information that's out there now, there's no reason why you can't go out there and have, you know, I just, I've always run into so many people and I'm sure you do it like in the hills or whatever. And you're like, yeah, I've been hunting elk for six or seven years. Still haven't seen one. You know, I mean, you're just like, what? <laughs> yeah. Come here. Oh, yeah. Look through my scope right now. Like you for can sure. have those ones. Good. <laughs> like it's my gift to you. Yeah. I've done that more times than I can count because it's just like, you know, I think people just lack if they just had a little bit of knowledge in, in that. Um, and I think a lot of the, the other thing that I get is like a lot of the knowledge out there just isn't, it isn't from people that actually do it a lot. It's just from guys that make their living mm -hmm. peddling knowledge that is kind of secondhand from somebody who also didn't really know a lot about it. Right. right. You know, I, I don't know. So the kind of, I try to just tell it like I see it for the most part, but there's, um, you know, you also on that, a lot of the people, it's funny how many people listen to that podcast and have never hunted or, so I try to do a mixture of stuff that like, if you've hunted your whole life, maybe you'll glean something out of this right. or maybe something out of the story or maybe something out of that. But then, you know, you talk, you know, to try to also hit some of the most basic stuff. Cause I think that a lot of the basic stuff people sometimes don't think about, or I don't know. There's oh, a lot, absolutely. there's just so much information. I think most podcasts, um, probably ours included when we're talking about hunting, there's so much that an intro, like very brand new hunter. Like we got our buddy, Mike, he's just, just wanting to get into it. Most of the stuff that gets talked about is over their head already. Yeah. And mm -hmm. we still think of a lot of it as elementary, but there has to be like a very elementary to get guys yeah. to just kind of know the lingo that we're that we're talking about, definitely. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think mentorship and um, getting guys into what we love to do, and um, it's kind of why you know one of the things that we're doing now is this Western Hunting Summit that you're going to be a part of yeah. this year. You're coming out for the mule deer to uh, drop some knowledge bombs and um, 
you know, that's what, that's one of the things why I like doing it because it's a small group of people and you actually get to have a group of, you can call them experts, guys that have done it a lot, actually done it a lot. Those type people on the mountain, we're going to be two days on the mountain before the classroom setting and, um, the el- very elementary intro guys can ask questions or they can, like you say, we're going to be picking up animals through the spotters and the binoculars and everything. And they can just kind of, we can hold their hand right through the intro stages that are yeah. like, they're pretty dang intimidating for people who have oh, just yeah. never done it. They have no idea. They don't even know how to look through binoculars at all. But um, one of the things that's, that's why this summit is so exciting is just getting very, very new people into what we love to do and uh, answering all their questions and really holding their hand right through the process. That's super cool. Yeah, I'm excited to do that. It's fun to be able to share that kind of info. And when somebody's so willing to learn it, sometimes all you need is just somebody to show you a little bit of the way. And then, you know, and then a lot of it, you're going to just learn through trial and error, but just by going out there. But you need that initial, like, get over the hump kind of where you can get into learning a little bit of it. And I, I also, with stuff that's new, Man, when you've done it for a long time, it's like the stuff that you do automatically, they fumble over or stumble over because you've got so much just going on. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of, I I try to do new stuff myself and one of the things like spear fishing or whatever. I mean, I've done it forever. I haven't done it right forever. But I remember when I first started, it was like, okay, you're holding your breath, you're diving, you're trying to get on this fish, trying to shoot this. Like there's so much shit going on. There's a rope, there's all this stuff going on. And you're like, it's just confusing when someone that does it their whole life is just seamless. Sure. So, you know, it just takes that practice, but sometimes just having somebody show you the ways of how to not fumble around so much and just get you going. Then the rest, you just becomes, you just learn how to practice really. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think, I think, you know, we all kind of, uh, see there's a limited amount of guys that are, they're successful every single year. I mean, almost down to every single trip. Yeah. And they make it look easy. Like they could have somebody with them and they, as like a guy like yourself, you could be out with a guy who just watches you hunt and he just sees all the things you do, but he doesn't pick up on it really because you're making it look easy. And yet if he was out there on his own, just starting out, he would really, really fumble. Yeah. And it's hard to explain when you've done it for so long. It is for sure. That's, that's the hard part is like breaking it down. Like, what am I actually doing? Because a lot of it, you just do, you yeah. just, you know, well, you when you got, you've had like a father or like a really good mentor in the early stages, have kind of already walked you through all that kind of thing. So yeah, no, that, that's kind of the level that we're at right now is, is having fun with, um, you know, things like this summer or podcasting and that's getting new people into this thing that we all like. Yeah. And, uh, holding their hand through it. So no, appreciate you coming out for the summit. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun having you there. Yeah. We're, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be cool. We're excited because, uh, we've got some pretty like talented people that have done a lot of hunting over the years. And, um, and then we have my wife who's going to be talking about nutrition. And <laughs> I just talk for like 40 health. minutes and then the rest of the <laughs> weekend is me running around like a chicken with my head cut off trying to get stuff done. That's no, cool. actually last year I, I don't hunt, but I watched all the talks. They were all good. Everybody was so good. And it was, did the workout with everyone. I didn't get to go on the mountain because I got kids and got to work. Yeah. But it was um, so much fun and 
I really just enjoyed, you know, everybody is really so grateful. Like these, these, you think, you know, you come, you pay for something, like, you know, you expect to get a level of things out of it. And what we really get is just people just like so grateful to be there and to be in that community and everybody to have, be sharing that stuff. So it was, uh, it was just cool to see that guys in all levels, you know, we had a guy that literally didn't even own a backpack to like expert hunters um, from all over the country. Uh, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So, so I have a question for you. Yeah. I'm going to ask him. Go for so it. So Saturday nights, we're adding a new thing on the summit weekend. So Friday night, we have, when the guys come out of the hills, Cody Rich has a beautiful spread up there facing the Spanish peaks and stuff. And he has like a big barbecue and then a shoot off. Yeah. Brian Barney competing against Brian Barney. Nice. For shoot off. Saturday night, we one of uh, the recommendations we got from everybody that was there in the survey afterwards was we would like to have another event Saturday night because, you know, I don't know, everyone wants to still hang out together. So we're going to do a thing called Celebrity sh- celebrity Night Dinner. Oh, cool. And I was like, I watch your stories and I watch your cooking and, like, all the unique things you have. And I was like, would Remy be our celebrity chef for the mule deer <laughs> event? Chopping, yeah, I'm pretty, yeah, I mean, why you don't, not? You, you don't know? actually have to, like, cook it, but we could get a menu from you and, like, Look, you can help you us cook it. We need to fly in extra it. early so yeah. you can yeah. cook all those onions. perfect. You need to cook for 80 yeah. people. Hey, hey that's, uh, like my Chris, that's about, like, my Christmas party. I, well, dude, I'm, that's I'm what, what, Christmas so party, we heard so yesterday from Bronio about your Christmas party. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, I got our celebrity chef for Saturday night because he's <laughs> yeah. going to be here. But uh, that would be really cool. We could do, we could do a, you know, a Remy-inspired dinner. And we're going to have like a sit-down dinner. And we're going to feed everybody and that kind of thing. So nice. if you want to be part of that, yeah. I mean, you're going to be there anyways. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, and then to, you can be our celebrity. We're going to get Ed Warhol yeah, yeah. for... He almost has I'm to like, say yes on the podcast. Too bad it's not live. You can't see me sweating bullets. <laughs> <laughs> like my, wife's I said, like, my wife's like, You've, you should have run that by now. <laughs> No. <laughs> you should just, uh, you give me the menu and I'll make sure everything's there and we'll cook a bunch of stuff up and we'll probably have a grill there and all that. We'll figure it out. It'll be easy. You, you really just have to show up and just be the mm-hmm. guy. And just create masterpieces like, of all the wild game. All right. There. I'll fi- we'll fi- you know, I'm going to brainstorm. I'll have people like. cooking and stuff. You know what I really liked? You did a recipe where you wrap this thing in bacon and then you, <laughs> it was like oh, amazing. Like a and giant you hind it. leg in bacon. Yeah. 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 You interwove the bacon. Yep. yep. Bacon lattice, you know. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Those are good. Those kinds of things. So, um, and, and, you know, we have three freezers full of meat in our garage because hunting season will shortly be starting again. Well, oh, actually, yeah. he will have already been hunting. So we have lots of meat that we need to cook and feed to people and do that. So that would yeah, be perfect. really cool. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to, I'll, I'll have to, we'll, we'll brainstorm. We'll see what, yeah. I, I might have something up my sleeve. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, you mentioned so, your wife. So that, one of the yeah. questions I really wanted to ask you about um, is, so you've been married for... Uh, two years. Two in years. April. Yeah. Yep. Yep. This so April. you started hunting with your wife quite yeah. a bit. Took yeah. her out on her first hunt. Yep. Kind of following along on that. Looks like you're having a blast taking her out. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So, um, what have been the challenges? Did she? she I don't really know the story of it, but has she? 
just taken to hunting or is it something that she grew up doing? No, so she didn't hunt growing up. Her dad did, but he kind of never really took her, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it was one of those things when we started dating like a long time ago, she just thought she loved eating game meat. And she's like, oh, well, if I'm going to eat it, I might as well like see if I want to do it. So she actually like I would never asked her to do she was like oh well if i want to go hunting what do i do and i was like well you have to get your hunter safety she's the type of person just like when she wants to do something she just does it so she like went off on her own did her hunter safety got a girlfriend of hers to go with her so mm-hmm. she you know is like they, i was like oh she's like i got my hunter safety can i get my hunting license i was like yeah sounds good you know and then it was and then we went we started out bird hunting um and actually quite unsuccessfully <laughs> like i got her I was like, oh, we'll just go grouse hunting. You know, that's something where you can be pretty successful. And uh, it was just one of those bad grouse years. We just had trouble finding anything. But I think sometimes, too, the the struggle of it uh, makes you want it more Mm -hmm. as well. So I I was actually really grateful that our first couple times out, like, we actually didn't even see anything. I get that. That That's a good thing You really, you really, because if it's just easy, then you're like, huh. She's like, oh, now, then she's kind of like, I don't know if I want to shoot something to like, I want to shoot something. Like I went out in a rainstorm. I did this and that. I, and I didn't even now. see anything. Yeah. yeah. Like it's got to happen. Um, and then uh, we had an opportunity to hunt access. Her first actual like harvest of something was for uh, access deer in Hawaii. And, you know, she's just looking for a doe or anything. And it ended up being one of those things where, you know, she kind of hesitated on a shot and I was like, well, don't pass this shot up because it just wasn't an ethical shot. And then she's like, you know, then she kind of had a shot, but didn't take it. And and then that whole like should have, could have, would have thing that happens to hunters. Mm -hmm. Like I should have done this. And, and like that whole process of like, oh, now I'm going to go home without something again. And it's like the letdown. And then we saw these deer a long ways away, made this long push stock and, you know, and like she got to make some calls. It was just like a really cool first experience because she was like, you know, we'd seen these deer and they blew out. I was like, I don't know. I think they're gone. She's like, I think they're still here. I think the buck's still here. Or, you know, I was like, okay. You know, we sat there and sure enough, he popped up like a hmm. hundred yards away. I was like, she's like, oh, I knew he was there. You know, like I could just feel it. And I was like, that's <laughs> what you want. You she's know? already like, got the intuition. Yeah. And so, so I made a little call to stop him and he ended up like running into us and she shot him like pretty much like perfect shot you know and so it was just like a really cool first experience um and then we've just been fortunate enough to like be able to hunt a lot of places and she's got a lot of like what i try to do is like every time we're out like i kind of uh tell her everything that i'm thinking why i'm doing things and i've noticed that mm-hmm. like now she's just like you know because I, I always believe like if you're if you're just hunting with someone, you, you aren't actually doing the hunting a lot of times. So I make her, I let her like make the decisions, do it on her own. Cause this is something that she wanted to do. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, it's like, she's not just doing it, like following me around going hunting. Like she's actually doing the hunting. Right. 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 Um, and so that's been really fun to watch is like, we went out this year and some people were with us and they're like, Oh, you've been hunting your whole life. She's like, no, just a couple of years. I'm still learning, you know, but it's like, it's crazy how much she's picked up and like, is very capable and there's still things she won't do, you know, or doesn't do or no, but for sure. Um, it's just a fun process of like, I don't, it reminds me of when I started hunting, when I was a kid hunting with my dad and like yeah. that excitement level, the whole, like the whole thing of, you know, seeing a bird, seeing a duck fly by now and thinking of pulling up the imaginary gun and going, gotcha kind of thing. It's <laughs> yeah. like, it changes your whole world and your whole perspective. And it's just really cool to see her like love it so much absolutely it's really fun no i think it's important like to have the right 
the right mentor, obviously, you know, she picked a good one to actually get out there and, and learn from. Um, my dad was the same way. I think, uh, I think when I started, you know, we had a lot of trips where there was like no success yeah. Western Washington and Jason Blacktail and stuff like that. And, uh, you do get to a point where I remember it's like, I want it so bad. Like I deserve it. And then when it yeah. finally happens, then you, you always kind of remember that sucky time. Yeah. So after that, I think it's just like lifelong hunter from there on out. Whereas, you know, if I would have got really, really, really spoiled as a kid and just like every time I out, I'm shooting something, man, I wouldn't have known the hardships and I wouldn't have respected it as much. Right. Maybe I wouldn't be like, have the passion I have today. I don't know. I, I worry about those kinds of things. Like, cause I got two daughters. I want to see them like love this thing I do. If they don't, they don't. But I always, I always struggle with like, is there a way I could do it? Like maybe take them out maybe show them some success. Is that the way to get them to be a lifelong, you know, passionate hunter? Or is it to take them out and have them see nothing for like three or four times? But then I worry, well, maybe now they just, it's boring to them. They want nothing to do with this at all. Yeah. It's, I I think it's a fine line. And I, I kind of always just thought, you know, maybe it's not just because if I just took my wife out hunting with me, like I was just guiding her or whatever, it'd be me telling her what to do. And it would just be, it would be successful and it would, you know, it's just like, but to let her have the decision power and like learn from, okay, like, because if you see something and then you make a decision on how to stock it and it doesn't work out, well, you know, yeah, it sucks that it doesn't work out, but you're also like, well, it sucks because I didn't know enough and now I need to do it more. And it's just like a, it's a whole snowball effect. And then when it does work out, there's a, a greater sense of accomplishment. And Absolutely. of course I'm there, you know, assisting in the ways that I can, but some things I would do is like, I know we shouldn't do this, but I'm not going to not, because I not do that. It, it's just like, I go in with the op, like mindset of like, sometimes it's just as good if it doesn't work out. Like if you mm-hmm. learn something and it was like, okay, right. cool. You're, you're going through what it is to be a hunter. I think being a hunter isn't just killing an animal. If you go out and just kill an animal, I don't think you can call yourself a hunter. Like right. until you really understand the nuances and, and what it means to like, to have that, like there's those as a hunter, the, I should have done this, that feeling like every hunter has that, or I should have, mm-hmm. I had a feeling I should have done that. I should have done that. Like those kind of things. I think that's what it means to be a hunter. Like, and if oh, you don't yeah. feel that you don't get the whole experience. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. you, you know, when you screwed up and you did something wrong, yeah. you're like, oh, I mean, I still get that. I still get that today. I had one of those this year. It was like, I played that wrong, totally wrong. And I knew better and it screwed up. I had a, um, I had a mentor growing up. I was late teens at this point, but uh, an older gentleman out of North Idaho, just like a salt of the earth dude. Name was Dallas Blood. I've told this story before, Um, but he was one of those guys where he didn't just want to like go out and call a bull in for me and show me, you know, get a bull. Okay, you got some success. He would take me out and he was very like skilled. He was like a really good educator. He was like a baseball track coach and he just kind of knew how to teach people. And he, so he'd take me out there and, um, you know, we'd hear a bugle down in a bowl somewhere and he'd look at me and he'd say, what are you going to do? And then he just like made me go through that embarrassing part of screwing it all up. Like I didn't know how to work a bowl with a call. I didn't know how to react. So I'd just go down there. I'd mess it all up. I'd come back, walk of shame. And then he'd tell me what I did wrong. And I learned so much better that way versus just having him call a bull in for me and me shooting it 
yeah. he, he taught me in a way that really it like stuck with me because it was like embarrassing going down there and just messing everything up over and over and over and over again. But he continued to do it that way and it worked really well for me. That's cool. Yeah, that's, I think I like there's a lot to that. You learn a lot more and you're just more invested in the experience. I don't know. That's now I think I don't know with you know, I don't have kids yet, but that's that is a hard thing of like how do you get them in to really love it? And for me it was just like I already really liked it. It didn't yeah, matter, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. Whereas my other brother didn't really like it that much and my youngest brother liked it later on in life, you know, or a little bit later than I did, but I always just loved it. So I think some of it too is just some people just love it and some mm -hmm. people is whatever take yeah. it or leave it or whatever i'm the same way i've always 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 loved it um and then you have kids and you're like well what made me always 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 love it like what was it in the beginning that set me on this this uh this path so yeah when you have kids i think about that kind of thing you know appreciating a guy like you that gives out so much information to not just new young people but adult onset people i think it's important today um you know, grow in this community. And, you know, there's always, there's kind of been this underlying thing with some folks. And I was in that camp. Like we don't want the community to get any bigger. There's enough hunters in the woods. Yeah. I think as you get older, you realize that just doesn't pan out in the end. It doesn't make any sense. We kind of need a lot more support, whether it's politically or whatever. We just need more people in tune with what we do and, um, you know, giving out good information and finding people's success earlier, cutting that learning curve. Um, yeah, I think it's real important. So, your articles that you write, your podcast that you do, you know, from somebody that's got worldly experience, I think it's really important to uh, to share that. And it's pretty cool that you're you're taking that road for sure. Yeah, thanks. Yep, that's yeah, cool. But um, yeah, so we're not going to keep you all day, Remy, because I'm sure you got a ton of things to do. Um, but appreciate again you coming to the Western Hunting Summit this year. It's going to be a blast. Hopefully, he'll then twist your arm too much and put you in a uncomfortable yeah, spot with cooking. Um, I just need but, a menu that I can say is Remy's and then. Yeah, can, approved. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Remy we'll discuss approved. it. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure, figure it out. It'll be yeah. fun. It's yeah, just a fun will. thing. Yeah, that's um, cool. Add more funness to the weekend. Yeah, so anything else you got going on, Remy, that yeah, you want to tell our, our audience? Our audience isn't like super tuned in. Not all of them are very tuned in to hunting. Some yeah. of them are, you know. They're in it for my wife's education on health and all that type of thing. So where can they follow you? What are you up to? What do you got going on? Yeah. Um, I mean, social media, just pretty much use Instagram mostly. So at Remy Warren, that's, if you want to know what I'm doing, that's the easiest way to figure it out. Yeah. Um, I always try to throw like a, and then the podcast, you search cutting the distance um, on any podcast app. That's, yep. uh, but for the most part, yeah, it, like I try to do, like I share a lot of my hunts on social media or on Instagram and then, um, and you still then, do uh, a lot of writing. Yep. I, uh, writing for Western Hunter magazine. So there's like articles and I do an article every, every issue and, um, writing for a few other plate just for some random stuff every once in a while. Yeah. Um, the writing for me takes a lot of time cause I just like, I try to make it different every time. And I've, I was looking back kind of putting a book together for this year, mm -hmm. um, cause I've written probably. I don't even know a lot of articles on the subject and a lot of other things. So just been kind of working on that mm -hmm. in the little bit of free time that I got. So hopefully that comes out this year, but might be next year. We'll see. <laughs> Writing is hard for me. Like I can do it, but I need like complete quiet. I need like focus. Yep. Like I need a day to just 
be by myself and focus on the task. Otherwise the it just way. doesn't get done. Yeah, I can't I, I get distracted easy and I used to I used to be able to just sit down and write, but now it's like I got to think about it more and I got to do, uh, it's just all kinds of, it's like a, a very lengthy process for me. Yeah. Um, can't have any distractions. <laughs> Same. Like it's a, it's a long process. That's why I've been working on this book for a long time. So hopefully, uh, it should be done pretty, pretty soon, but cool deal. Yeah. Right on. Well, again, I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Um, Hill. Thanks. Anything yeah. else? Oh, it's yeah. great. I'm glad Thanks we for me. pinned you down. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yep. I was like, is Remy going to be at the show? We need to ask him to be on the podcast because it yeah. won't. I know how it busy you out. are. It's like getting him on his own podcast yeah. sometimes. It's hard. You guys are busy. Yeah. So and cool. You, you didn't even like grill him on health questions or go too deep into well that. i can if you want no, me to but want to. i don't think he probably wants me to grill him <laughs> i don't know time. him all that well yet just wait the next podcast we do i'm gonna be grilling him look out yeah no no <laughs> all right thanks again okay. remy yep Take thank care. you guys see ya Bye.